Bridges 2024 on Midlands 183 with Milne O'Dwyer, your certified public accountants and chartered tax advisors in the Midlands, celebrating over 50 years advising clients on their financial and taxation needs. MilneO'Dwyer.ie It's time for Taking Care of Business on Midlands 183. With thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Midlands 103. Hello and a good evening. It's Tuesday the 10th of October. I'm Ronan Berry and you're very welcome to Taking Care of Business here on Midlands 103. Well, it's the 10th of October. What else could it be but Budget Day? The details of Budget 2024 were officially announced today. And yes, we knew a lot of what was possibly coming, but still plenty there to assess and to analyse and to look at in a lot more detail over the course of the next hours. So, coming very shortly, Donald Hackett of Milner Dwyer will be along to take a comprehensive look at today's budget and what it might mean for your business for your employees and for you as an employee and also for entrepreneurs too because it's often an area that we maybe don't quite put enough focus on as well to see what incentives might be there for somebody who wants to sell a business or indeed maybe somebody who owns a business and is at that stage where they're looking at retirement too so we'll check and see if there's any major updates on that. If you have any questions or you to get in touch with me in the studio or put any questions to tonight's panellists 083 103 is the text and WhatsApp number if you want to get in touch with me in general business at midlands103.com is the email but alongside that this evening I'll also be joined by Shane Tobin and Philip Keane from lowcoats.ie and truewealth.ie and they're going to look at today's budget's announcement with a personal finance and wealth management lens too so they look in more finer details particularly if you have a pension or you're looking at increasing your pension or you're one of those many people who actually hasn't started a pension yet or if there is a bit of wealth building up there and you want to know about how manage how to manage that best stay tuned for the guys that'll be on with me from around half past seven and of course I'll bring you some reaction to today's budget from some business voices from right across the Midlands John Gagan from Mullingar Chamber will be along shortly Philip Kelly of uh, D&G Kelly Duncan and Tullamore estate agents will belong to to give their reaction to the measures announced today and then later on we'll hear from John Clendenin from Giltrap's Bar and Townhouse in Kennedy John of course is also the President of the Vintners Federation of Ireland so plenty to come on budget 2024 today and um, it was announced obviously this afternoon by Minister of Finance Michael McGrath here's a little short snippet of what he had to say in terms of some of the major numbers behind this year's budget Budget 2024 consists of a core expenditure package of just under 5.3 billion and a tax package of over 1.1 billion, a total core package of 6.4 billion euro. This is in line with the budgetary parameters set out in the summer economic statement last July. There is also a package of once-off cost of living measures of 2.7 billion euro net of windfall revenues from the energy sector. Donald Hackett is a partner in Milner Dwyer. They're based in Tullamore. They were established back in 1973 and Donald has been a partner in the firm since 1981. Donald himself is a certified public accountant, a registered statutory auditor and a chartered tax advisor. And he was with us last year to look at the budget. He's back again this year. Donald, welcome back to Taking Care of Business. Thank you, Ronan. Nice to be back. Donald, some of the hints there on what Michael McGrath was saying, cost of living. We heard about cost of living budget. We heard of a budget that might help renters and people who maybe were trying to get into the property market and obviously dealing with the rising cost of living and that equally applies maybe to the rising cost of doing business as well. Um, overall today, what, what's the reaction you know, from say within your own company and indeed from some of your clients as, from today's budget? Well, I think the, the budget has been one with quite a broad agenda, as you say, from cost of living to business challenges, mortgage interest, 
climate issues were mentioned, even the potential for future costs of an ageing population, healthcare, pension costs and so on. So it has, I suppose, fortunately, the Exchequer funds have allowed those areas to be addressed. And while I'm sure everything is not going to be to everybody's satisfaction, I think there's something in it for everybody. From the point of view of business reliefs, there is the 250 million package Details yet to be clarified, only they say that it will be less cumbersome than the business energy support scheme last year, and it remains now, to be seen. That wouldn't be too hard, I believe. No, no, it was, <laughs> it was quite cumbersome. You know, comparing costs with one year versus the next, particular bills and particular types of energy costs and so on. So hopefully it'll be a little bit more and manageable. Did they give us any indication as to the size of firm, the type of firm, or anything like that? No, it's just a kind of a general sum put in there, uh it is, yeah. They were talking about small and medium-sized firms, so I presume that would be that would be the vast majority. But I, I gather from an ISME representative earlier on today that there, you know, there could be 180,000 businesses that would fall into that category. So it spreads fairly thin, but it's um, it's something on top of a rates rebate of 50%, which is uh, you know another benefit. So it it all helps to keep down the costs. Do we have any indication as to when we'll learn more about that? Is it kind of a thing for 2024 or will it come a bit quicker than that? No, I imagine it'll be 2024 and uh, I'm sure details, you know, they may not have even ironed out the details themselves at this point. I mean, I imagine a lot of the details seem to be going down to the wire over the last couple of days, but it may be weeks, maybe a little bit longer before the exact details of how it'll be implemented come about. Of course, um, when you mention things like the, the rebate for rates and stuff like that, and of course that 250 million euro fund, the cost of business is going up as well. The minimum wage has risen again, or will rise again from 11.30 as it was now up to 12.70. It's a rise of 1 euro 40 per hour. Whilst not unexpected, you know, possibly puts a bit more extra pressure on some businesses? Well, it is. It's, uh, it's effectively an increase of 10% in <coughs> the wage cost of employees on the minimum wage, which would be quite a large um, proportion of the population. So it is uh, an additional cost. I suppose from an inflation point of view, which is about 5%, they're trying to keep pace with that. And I suppose, as you say, it's not unexpected, but it is an additional burden on the employers. Of course, it's still below, I think it's 1480 at the minute is what's been kind of the, the number that's floating at the minute in terms of this living wage as well so we are going to see the minimum wage coming up to meet that I think over like probably in, in the next two to three years. I would imagine so that, that is an aspiration the, the living wage and I think if the finances permit we'll see it sooner rather than later. A lot of the focus today then and a lot of commentary has been on the benefits for, for those people who are working and I did hear one of the politicians say last week this will be a budget for the people who are as Leo once said getting out of bed early in the morning so people who are working this will give back to them. Has it done that do you think? Well there are tax credits. The, the personal tax credit has gone up by 100 euros. The low rate tax band is going up by 2,000 from 40 to 42,000. The USC, the universal social charge, has been reduced somewhat. So typically that could mean an average maybe about 800 euros per year for a single person and maybe double that for a working married couple. So it, it, it does help. Absolutely, yeah. I think it's it, it, it will help people, again, try to alleviate the, those rising costs that, and, and actually just the cost of owning a house or trying to rent a house. That's if you're fortunate to have one of those as well. Is there anything else that kind of has, was, was that, that was as a surprise maybe today in the budget or did we kind of know what was coming in I advance? think uh, everything was fairly well flagged, I suppose. There was a reference to, you know, the possibility of some sort of mortgage interest relief. Now, that it, it's quite limited. It's for one year and it's... Uh, the allowance would be the increase in your interest 
charged this year versus last year at the standard rate of tax. So it would be it would be modest modest enough, and it's. Um, you know, it, it's something, I suppose, to alleviate the difficulties. I suppose for majority of citizens out there, there are some kind of, you know, again, welcome probably reliefs in terms of things like energy credits, even people are on the fuel allowance, but in things like child benefit there too, there's a couple of, kind of other kind of bonuses coming for people in the next number of months. There are. The, the energy credit is, there are three payments of 150 each, a total of 450, one of those to come before Christmas and two probably between January and April. The, you know, the social welfare weekly allowance, they're all going up by 12 euros, there's um, additional benefits for the carers allowance, disability and so on so there are quite a few benefits there and in the pipeline. And they're keeping I think, the, the VAT on the things like, on utilities at 9% too, that'll benefit both businesses and, and private users will it? Oh it will yeah, I mean the, the, I suppose if it reverted back to 13.5% that's a 50% increase in the VAT charge so it certainly will benefit um, businesses and households of course, when we mentioned VAT, it'd be remiss not to mention the, the hospitality and that special rate of VAT that came in. The, the rate of VAT, though, in hospitality and tourism, it still remains at 13.5%. It hasn't moved. Again, probably no major surprise in that. Do you think will people in that sector be disappointed with that or had they maybe accepted it already? Well, I think they probably will, they will express and they have expressed their disappointment. But I, I think it doesn't come as any surprise. It was more or less flagged. They think that it wasn't going to be touched. So I suppose it's um, the will protest, but it probably won't won't change. You're listening there to Donal Hackett, a partner at Milnard Wire here in Tullamore. And Donal has joined me this evening to look at today's budget announcement. So I'm going to take a short break now. After that, we will look at those measures that were put in place, particularly around housing, because you know a lot of the challenge over the last year, we've seen the, homeless, the rates of homelessness increase and increase, and they're expected to continue to increase in the country. Today's budget was hotly tipped at being you know, a way of beginning to sort of mitigate some of the impact of the, the housing challenge out there. So after the break, we'll look into that and also we'll look at potential reliefs for entrepreneurs or people who are in business and might want to sell a business. So stay tuned. We'll be back with you very shortly. Budget 2024 on Midlands 183 with Milne O'Dwyer, your certified public accountants and chartered tax advisors in the Midlands, celebrating over 50 years advising clients on their financial and taxation needs. MilneO'Dwyer.ie Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. Still to come between now and 8 o'clock this evening, Shane Tobin and Philip Keane from lowquotes.ie and truewealth.ie will be here to look at today's budget announcement with a personal finance and wealth management lens. And I'll have some business, some reaction from business groups and business people from around the Midlands to the measures announced today. But still with me in studio is Donald Hackett, and a partner at Milne Dwyer, accountants based in Tullamore. And we'll be looking through some of the key points of today's budgets. Donald, this was a budget as well that was predicted as a to really look at tackling the housing crisis and we know there's a big shortfall there in terms of available housing you mentioned earlier we have an aging population we have a growing population so the population world is changing anyway never mind you know, that we're at full employment challenges presented by a lack of housing and getting new people in and getting staff and getting people to relocate you know, they're well documented the rising homelessness rates there as well um, a lot of opposition parties have suggested that today's budget does absolutely nothing to tackle that and that the budget was more about landlords. Um, is there any basis in those claims, do you think? Or 
Uh, well, possibly so. And I know some of the objections from the opposition were that instead of putting 14 billion into a, call it a rainy day fund, it should be in addressing the housing crisis. But I mean, there's the limited capacity to do that. I suppose what they, you know, in relation to the landlords, they are getting tax breaks. Uh, they can be between 600 to 1,000 euros over a four year period that will be per annum increasing. So that is a benefit for landlords. But the, the intention of that is to keep landlords in the market, which will expand uh, or at least maintain the housing stock and there are also tax credits for renters and um, that's going up from 500 to 750 which is quite useful and uh, in addition to the, the rental tax credit is that parents of student children can now get that relief as well so that would be a big boost to parents um, but I suppose to your question um, landlords benefit but ultimately I suppose the intention is to, to keep housing available and kind of minimise as far as possible the homelessness yeah, it seems to be a, a huge challenge, a huge issue, that drain of, of those small private, they're, well, they're often referred to as accidental landlords from the rental market. So to get a kind of an, an external perspective on this, I'm delighted now to be joined by Philip Kelly. Philip is a director of D&G Kelly Duncan, based in Tullamore. Philip, are today's measures, will they be enough to dissuade the small private landlord from exiting the housing market? Uh, we don't think so. Uh, we think in a large that it'll do little, little or nothing to convince small landlords uh, to remain in the rental sector. Rental sector. Uh, the relief has announced actually has the potential to push, push more small landlords out of the market in the coming weeks and months. Uh, some la- landlords we've been talking to have been delaying the sale of investment properties until after today's budget was announced in the hope of more favourable tax treatment in the months and years ahead. And if you look at the tax treatment over four years, it's coming in at around €3,400. Um, that's a, that assumes that the, that the landlord is on the higher tax rate, on the top tax rate, and um, it, it, it barely negates um, interest payment increases that they would have seen all to 2023. So we, we genuinely don't think that it's going to have any impact on, on retaining those small landlords, a lot of whom have already left the market or have sold up a lot of assets over the last number of years anyhow. Yeah, I suppose there'll be stats we can track on that as well. Things like eviction notice, undoubtedly the RTB will be publishing those in the coming months too. So let's track and see if if, if uh, this week is maybe a turning point for that and that fall, falls true. So I suppose probably a bit of disappointment on some people and, and they'll probably make that move now as well. I know there's, they have a kind of a scheme in place there that if a landlord does leave the market before the end of that thing that they'll actually be able to claw back the, the missed money on it. But from a property perspective there, anything else maybe from somebody from a housing, I suppose, and private property, what, uh, what jumps out of you today? Uh, we, very welcome was the extension of the help to buy, which has been um, extended from the 31st of December to the 31st of December 25. Uh, fantastic um, um, for first-time buyers. It gives them up to €30,000 off the price of a new home. Uh, it's great for developers then that are investing so much capital into these schemes that see that have government support for 25 as well. So that's definitely very, very welcome. Vacant homes, um, the vacant homes property tax that has been increased from three times the local property tax to five times local property tax. And again, you should see more vacant homes coming to the private market. And, you know, there's great incentives there for for buyers to buy those homes. You have the um, vacant homes uh, grants available and derelict homes grants available, which can add 50,000 or 70,000 euros towards um, the refurbishment of those properties um, from the from the local council. Do you expect that increase in tax to actually, again, persuade somebody who is maybe sitting with a vacant property to actually go now and consider selling it? Is is it enough, do you think? I think so, yeah. I think it, we've, we've seen a good bit of, like, because it has added value to the, to the properties that, that have been sitting idle, so we're seeing a lot of that stuff coming to the market at the moment. 
Um, and of course it's a great incentive for people to buy them we're actually going out and approaching some parties that would know that would have properties and they've just been sitting there so definitely there's a little bit of action in that part of the market at the moment From a renter's perspective too I know the tax credit has gone up there again from 500 to 750 probably not a seismic move either no, but it's positive from a renter's point of view. Like rents are obviously extremely high, and you have massive inflation protected until a more bit of rent pressurised zones. But it's um, it's definitely helped to renters out there, and it's across the students now as well and students' parents. So it's definitely a welcome measure for renters. Hopefully, and all those measures will come to fore anyway, because I know certainly from a, an employment perspective, and for a lot of big companies around here, getting access to housing for the new staff they want to bring as well can be a huge challenge, even finding places to rent. So hopefully, the measures go somewhere towards getting that. But for now, Philip Kelly, thank you so much for that. To see Evening. Gentlemen, thanks, Roland. Take care. Thank you. Bye bye. Donald Philip is probably reiterating some of what you've touched on there yourself as well, but from as well as from their perspective, he's you know he kind of maybe outlined the scale of the challenge there too. I suppose the interesting question is if somebody had maybe more than one house, if they had maybe a, a portfolio of houses, maybe those incentives might be more attractive for them. But it'd be very interesting to see where, where that one goes as well. Uh, let's look at some other parts of today's budget. Anything happening around? It's often one that's mentioned and it can never gets much coverage. But tax relief for entrepreneurs, right there that might encourage somebody who maybe is looking at selling a business or indeed retiring from a business they've built. Yeah, well, there was one amendment to the existing, we call them retirement relief. Retirement relief is a capital gains tax relief that is available from age 55 and not not necessarily determined uh, by retirement as such, but uh, at 55 to 65, if you were selling your business to an outside member, uh, not a family member, you could take up to 750,000 of proceeds without a capital gains tax liability. Up to now, you had a cap that when you reach 65, that threshold fell from 750 to 500,000. In today's budget, they have increased that age limit of 65 up to 70, which basically, I suppose, reflects the, the reality of people. You know, 65 is no longer the, the retirement age. It's just, so 70 more or less reflects what is happening on the ground. But that is quite a, a useful relief. And, uh, you know, it'll encourage people that maybe... Uh, have missed the 65 boat um, they can still sell the business and pass, you know, retire and pass it on to somebody else. Things like the EI, EIS as well, any kind of changes on those too in particular if somebody's looking maybe at, at giving shares or buying shares in a business? Yeah, certainly the, you know, the EIS, the Employment and Investment Incentive Scheme had allowed that you could get tax relief on 250000 um, over a four-year period uh, against your all sources of income. Now, that figure has been increased to 500,000, which is a very useful addition, and that certainly will encourage um, investment into to, to private companies. You know, not that it would be companies that are not connected or family-owned, but outside investors, you know, funding businesses that probably need capital and maybe wouldn't have access to the traditional banking sources. In your own business and the services you provide as well, do you see things like that as, as being an issue for people who are looking at, at maybe selling a business or getting out of it? Um, certainly the, the retirement relief uh, is uh, very useful that's um, you know, I suppose the, of the two we've mentioned that's the one that would impact people trying to sell a business so it certainly is very useful relief I mean if people can depending you know it, it's not for all sizes of businesses but if somebody is going to take less than 750,000 which is significant enough in, in proceeds they won't have any tax to pay regardless of the base cost of the shares the business etc so that is quite useful and does encourage people to um, you know, to, to, to move on and retire.
Thanks, Donald. We'll get a little bit more reaction from around the Midlands now as well. John Gagan is the spokesperson for Economic Development, Investment and Tourism at Mullingar Chamber. Uh, good evening, John. How has today's budget been received by, by Chamber members over there in Mullingar? Good evening, Ronan, and thanks, Amir, for having me on. Look, it, 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 it's a massive budget at €14 billion. Euros. It's a substantial amount of money in an economy like Ireland. Um, I think there's lots of good things in it. I mean, the bottom line is that your your, your average worker is €1,500 Euros to €2,000 a year better off at the end of this budget. Substantial, I suppose, given the, the ongoing rising inflation. And, and look at again, we're seeing more political instability not too far from our doors as well. And, and who knows what that will bring down the line. But yeah. there's been lots of measures brought in there. I suppose one that might be particularly important to your own members, the minimum wage has taken another leap. And I know yes. it's still quite a distance below what we call yes. the living wage. But... Uh, how how was that? Yeah. Was it something that was expected, uh, or how have people reacted to it? Yeah, look, at it, it it's gone up to twelve seventy an hour, so it's 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 creeping up towards the living wage over time, and it's programmed to do that over the next two years. I mean, the, the other side of that is that they're allowing two hundred and fifty million euro rates package this year. So if you're a small business, you can apply to get a rates reform of up to fifty percent of your rates. Um, in lieu of the minimum wage increase. So they're, they're offsetting a lot of the cost of this for small businesses, which I think is a really interesting approach. Yeah, I think we're still waiting for some kind of more finite detail on, on exactly on the, the bones of that scheme there too, but I suppose a positive one at least for small businesses. It is, it is. And they're joining the dots between the living wage, the cost of business, and also how we fund our economy going forward. Anything else that jumped out at you today, I suppose, particularly in a positive light? Yeah, look, at I made a list here of things like the two billion quid for 9,300 social houses is a super step forward. If they can keep doing that every year, it, it, it'll help the housing crisis. Um, the landlord tax relief is, is hopefully a help to the, to the residential property market. There's a little bit there on mortgage relief, 1250. The USC adjustment and income taxes going up from 40 grand to 42 grand is, is a big helping for most people out there. Um, rural community development is getting 400 million in the next 12 months, which is absolutely super for the likes of Mullingar and Athlone, Pullamore. Um, on the on the negatives, if I could tune into a few of them, absolutely. If you have a second, yeah, go for it. Uh, they, did, they did absolutely nothing on commercial stamp duty, which I think is outrageous. Um, we have a marketplace that's absolutely in free fall to stall, and nothing has been done to deal with, with, with commercial stamp duty, which affects every transaction in the country. Um, in terms of solar energy, there's no real big plan for making a tax efficient to put solar panels on your house. Um, I thought they could have done something there. A um, little bit around development land to free up land for housing. There's nothing done on capital gains tax to make it more attractive to people to sell land if they have land and unlock the supply issue we have in the country. But overall, I think it's a very positive budget and it's, it's a step in the right direction. But it would encourage three or four other things to be looked at maybe in 2024. That's John Gagan, their spokesperson for Economic Development, Investment and Tourism at Mullingar Chamber. Um, I do know actually one thing with solar panels on housing, there's no VAT on those at the minute, so there are some kind of, I suppose, existing incentives there too that could be of interest to you if that's something you're looking at. But uh, Donald Hackett has been my guest in studio. Donald, of course, is a partner at Milner Dwyer here in Tullamore. Um, we've covered a lot of the kind of uh, things in the budget from a business perspective and employment perspective. Now, we're not going to let Donald go home. He's going to cuddle up here on the couch and uh, put a blanket over him because he's going to be back on with uh, Aidan Barry on Midlands today first thing in the morning to go through all the other aspects of the business that might affect you and your personal life too. So uh, Donald's going to get a good night's sleep here in the studio and you can tune in from nine o'clock in the morning. Donald, as always, thank you. It's been an absolute pleasure and we'll see you again next year. Thank you, Ronan. Glad to do it. Time now for another quick break here on on uh, taking care of business. After that, I'll be joined by Shane Tobin and Philip Keane from lowquotes.ie and truewealth.ie. We'll look at today's budget from the point of view of your own personal finances too and indeed personal wealth management. And then later on, I'll be talking to John Clendenin, the president of the Vintners Federation of Ireland 
to see how that sector has reacted to today's budget. Budget 2024 on Midlands 183 with Milne O'Dwyer, your certified public accountants and chartered tax advisors in the Midlands, celebrating over 50 years advising clients on their financial and taxation needs. MilneO'Dwyer.ie Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. We're looking at all things Budget 2024 on this evening's show. In a little while, I'll be talking to John Clendenin, the President of the Vintners Federation of Ireland. John, of course, also a local publican with Giltraps Bar and Townhouse up in Kennedy and a local elected representative on Offaly County Council. John will give, I suppose, an industry perspective from, from the VFI on today's budgets and see did it meet their needs and did it address any challenges that that sector currently is experiencing or indeed might be about to experience. But keeping that focus today on today's budget... I'm glad to be joined in the studio now by Philip Keane. Uh, Philip's a qualified financial advisor and he's a senior manager too at lowquotes.ie and at truewealth.ie. And I'm also joined by Shane Tobin, the CEO of those companies. They're based in Port Leash, a relatively new company, but uh, big news and a big success story there. More on that to come, but I suppose we'll get straight into the meat of things. Philip, you're going to look today at today's budget, I suppose, and particularly from a personal finance perspective. What were the kind of key things that jumped out with you today? Yes, yeah, it's always a strange day for us in the office. Budget day, we're taking a look at what happens to tax rates and people's pay. So I suppose the big one for us was the rate at which you go at the higher rate of tax increase from 40,000 to 42,000. So that's a big one for people who are making pension contributions because it affects when they start to get the relief at the higher rate on it. And that will be a huge part of our business. Do people respond quick enough to kind of measure that's been brought in? Like, do 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 most people have to be kind of prompted and almost harangued into making these changes, or do people are people tuned in to look at their pension and maybe increase the payments when when they get an opportunity like this? You'd be surprised. Some people would, when they get a pay increase or they notice an extra eight hundred euro coming in, they would generally say, "Well, can I offset that into my pension and build a pot?" I suppose one of the things about budget day is. It does also shine a light on the people who are a little bit less unfortunate and you see there people who are on carers and people who are very much dependent on the old age pension and them getting 12 euro in an old age pension against what the cost of living is now really highlights the struggle that they're under and the importance for the pension side of it. So a lot of people are very clued in that when anything changes with their income, even if it's just a general pay increase, they'll pick up the phone and say, can I put a little bit of my pay increase into my pension to keep it going? Because that often, it, it pays more than just, say, the money you're putting in. You obviously get the kind of tax back or the tax relief on it then, so it, it's a multiplying it, factor. It does. If we've someone who's a high-rate taxpayer, if they even put an extra €50 euro a month into their pension, the net cost to that to them will be €30. Euro. So they're putting in 30 they're getting 20 in tax relief, they're getting 50 in the pot, and that will grow tax-free until they get to retirement age. And then there's a load of options at that stage to help them draw down the funds in a very tax-efficient way. The reduction in the USC, the minimum wage rising by €1.40 an hour as well, I suppose all things that really should be welcomed by, by, by people at large, I suppose from, a, from an individual perspective. Yeah, you'd always welcome the reduction in the universal social charge. I suppose the one thing with it is, is it always stings a little bit because it was a temporary tax that was introduced in 2011. It redefines so, the word temporary, all right, yeah. You can keep bringing it down a little bit, but at what point does temporary become permanent? So, yeah, it, it, there is a little bit of a sting with that one. And very strange to see PRSI go up as well, which was yeah, quite it's a strange. Small, it's only very small, yeah. but PRSI did go up 0.1% today, which was most unusual. 
Absolutely. Anything else that really struck you today that maybe, not to caught you by surprise, but maybe was kind of a welcome thing in the budget? Um... The €400 Euro payment for carers would always be where we'd first start. I think anything that does something for the most vulnerable people in society who are saving the state an awful lot of money with the work that they do looking after vulnerable kids at home. So anything that does anything to help that area, you would really, really welcome. And anything else that can be done for them, all the better. The energy credits, €350 Euro coming in, will be a help to people as well. And obviously the fuel allowance increasing as well. We see it all there when we go to get the home heating oil, particularly if you're on the old age pension. Anything that helps with the fuel allowance has to be welcome. Absolutely. I think people will, will certainly welcome that as well. Of course, more kind of uh, insight on that with, with Donald Hackett again on Midlands today in the morning with Aidan Barry and the look at all those things that really affect the, 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 you know, the citizens of the country too from, from a day-to-day basis. At Low Quotes and True Wealth, like you work with obviously businesses and, and private individuals too, are, are we getting better as a nation at looking at that whole area of wealth management or as a nation, are we still too modest to say wealth management like? Do we not want to talk about maybe that excess money that, given the circumstances, might be building up there? It, it is. It's, it's amazing that the query comes into us and we'll get on the phone and we'll start talking and the person we're talking to will be a little bit slow to give the information over to start with. But once we get into the flow of the conversation, we outline what our vision for them is. The information then starts to come back and it is something particularly around business owners at the moment and the changes we talk about the budget but the changes in the finance act last year in particular around pension planning and wealth extraction for business owners has made it really really topical so we get an awful lot of queries in from people who would have money in their business they're trying to take it out they're trying to take it out in a very tax efficient way and that's where an awful lot of wealth management queries would stem from. Shane, as CEO and founder of the businesses, I think when, when we hear Philip talk about things like wealth extraction, wealth management, I do think it's stuff that maybe didn't sit that well with the Irish psyche for a while. But it's the reality of what's happening. We've had a lot of successful businesses out there, huge companies coming up. And I know for the last couple of years on this show, the amount of great business that have formed only since 2020, like at a time when you think would be the worst time to set up a business, you know, companies are doing great stuff out there. That's not to kind of diminish the challenges that are out there too. Take us through your business. When did it first begin and, and what was it that led you to actually set up this business in the first place? Yeah, sure. So the business started in 2014 and it started under a brand of lowquotes.ie. The idea and the concept was to, get, to allow people to go online, get a quotation for financial services for products such as life insurance, mortgage protection, income protection, moving on into pensions, mortgages and other financial planning services. And from 2014, We've grown the staff numbers from 1 to 34 at this stage. And that's that growth from 2018 on to 23 has been largely enhanced by people need to, do, to, to take out these products and they need to do them in a convenient way. It's very difficult to take out some of these products, the hurdles that consumers are faced with. You know, the traditional old-fashioned way of going into the bank to take out a policy can be slow, tedious, lots, lots of obstacles in the way in doing that. And when you go into the bank to take out these products, they aren't necessarily the cheapest products. The bank are liable to to add on their charges. And so in low quotes, the brand has done very well. It's convenient in allowing people to take out the products, but also a wide range of 
products to choose from and companies to deal with as well. Do you think having been a focal point that people can actually contact because I can only guess there's probably ambiguity around like what's life cover versus mortgage protection and all of income protection. It becomes a bit of a minefield for people and I'm sure there's people listening who are sometimes looking at their direct debits going, what actually is that? You know, it's yes. only 25 euro a month but I'm not sure what it is. Yes. Are you finding that? Yeah, and, and the problem is the 25 euros could actually be done for 10 euros per month and that saving could be transferred into your pension and it could you could get tax relief on that 10 euros that you're unnecessarily paying allowing for growth then on top of that and that is truly how you become efficient with your money so it's 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 knowing what's out there for you it's researching the market we provide a lot of information online a lot of our social media will will try to put out the information to give people the knowledge to make those decisions and the business has done very well in that people coming through off the back of our videos and our social media presence, asking those questions and finding out more about the products. That must be a huge, and I hate the word that came from Google, but it's almost like a pivot, you know, and I don't say it, don't say it. But the the impact of social media, like TikTok, Instagram, for businesses like yourselves, that people probably traditionally would have said you'd never look online for that. Are you you seeing that as well? And and, and that's obviously paying off for you. Financial services can be seen as a very old-fashioned industry and it can be, did people People that worked in it, you know, they might have been from an old-fashioned background. And I don't say that lightly. I don't say that easily. Low Quotes is a very modern brand and True Wealth is a very modern brand. And what we're looking to do is we're looking to inform people and educate people on financial services products. A lot of people are overpaying for these products unnecessarily. We don't like to see, as a company, we don't like to see the general consumer overpaying on these products. You, you look at the budget today and the measures that are brought in to help people that might be struggling. We've seen people paying in excess for these products completely unnecessarily. We'd urge people, if it's ourselves or it's another company, to reach out, compare the market, save your money. That money then can be, you know, it can be used for, for, for whatever you like, but not paid to a bank in unnecessary charges. A big factor is loyalty. A lot of people like to say, well, I've been with, say, a certain health insurer or whatever for the last 25, 40 years. I don't want to change. Yeah. I think the companies know that and I think it's probably a huge revenue source for them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, loyalty is important. It's important to us as a company as well. But where do you draw a line where you're paying excess into the amount it could cost you in your pension over the term of 25, 30 years? The loyalty has to be, you know, of course it's good to be loyal and you should speak to your financial advisor and you should speak to your current broker to, to, to find out all the information on your current products. But overpaying on this, these products is unnecessary and we'll we be looking to make sure that our customers get the best prices in those areas. Your growth from one person to 34 yes. in less than 10 years, that yeah. is significant. Yeah. What was the key driver of that? You, and, you probably and see the few grey hairs there from, from the growth. <laughs> I but can say nothing here. <laughs> the, the key driver is the amazing staff that we have and we have some quality financial advisors. So we're very much a technology-based financial services company, but going hand in hand with that is fantastic advice from fantastic advisors that we have in our office. Some of those advisors are, are there 10 years, some of them are there one and two years, but we've been very lucky to take on and hire the people that we have in there. So it's, it's okay to, to receive the information online. It's good to have a look on, on our social media posts, but when you make a connection with low quotes or you request a quotation, you can apply for the product online, you can sign digitally for our product online, but we will never allow you to complete the process without having spoken to a qualified financial advisor such as Philip and myself in that area. When you say it's technology driven, does are you still recruiting, say, 
QFAs or people from a finance background? Is it a blend of tech skills or a blend of both now? Where, where does that sit at the minute? Yeah, and again, that's been a challenge because um, a financial advisor's mainstay might not be the tech side of it. So we're training people in that space and starting them off in that space. The first thing, I suppose, is to be very experienced, ethically very good, very knowledgeable in the, in the space. The tech and the computer, we, we can work that from there then, you know, we can train in on those skills from that point. Most important is that the advisor is very experienced in what they're doing. Philip, how did you go on? Were you always very tech savvy as a QFA or was that something you had to learn too? I had to learn as well, I have to admit. When I thought I was good until I joined. Um, <laughs> but we do have an exceptional IT team in there who design systems and they are tailored around the business. So there is a little bit of getting used to. But once, once, once you're willing to put the sleeves up and work hard at it, it'll come. That's an important part, I'd say, too, of giving you that competitive edge then is having that IT team in-house. You're not trying to outsource and, and rely on yeah, others yeah, to kind of, huge. I suppose, tap into your own vision and, and deliver that. Huge, huge. We have our own in-house marketing team and tech team, so the full support there. And for any finance, we're always looking for quality financial advisors and recruiting all the time. They have the full support from our tech team in office then to give them every possibility to adapt to the system seamlessly. From the point of view or the perspective of graduates coming out of college, is has third level, higher level education adapted already to say the needs of companies like yourselves now or for QFAs that are we training people enough in digital technology now or are we still sticking to more traditional? I think we're training people more on digital technology than we are on the on the consumer interaction point, would be my point there, Ronan. Um we see people coming in to, to us for interviews and we see some young people graduates and the key skill here from a financial advisor's point of view is we just want people to be able to, to build rapport with customers, connect with a customer, give good advice, have that area. I don't think that the IT skills are the main problem coming out of it. They're nearly too good at the, the, the IT skills in some cases, Ronan. Next question I have to ask, yeah. are you entirely back at the office or have you kept a hybrid model? We're entirely back at the office. Um, we are entirely back at the yeah, office, and yeah. that's been also okay, throughout COVID. You know that the, the COVID, the growth through COVID there as well was was fantastic. And yeah, look at that was a tough period and a tough time. But but right now we're back at the office and, and, and full. And hopefully that's the end of the remote working from that point of view. Yeah, we facilitate remote. We have five people working remotely yeah. from home. Excellent financial advisors in their their own right, but where where it can for locally, we will hire into the office. Yeah, I think it showed a lot of businesses. You have to, you should always have a contingency plan there, even if it's just bad weather or snow or some other factor. That people can still do their job from home. There's a lot to be said for that as well. But just when you were mentioning things like engagement and that face to face stuff or that one on one client engagement, I just said I had to ask that question too because again, it's back in the news again around companies bringing people back in. But I think once it's not an order thing, things things are good anyway. Yes. So, um, listen, guys, thank you so much for coming across this evening as well. You're based in Port Leash as well. I mean, you're, it, 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 the, the businesses, they sell themselves lowcoast.ie and, and uh, truewealth.ie too. Um, what are the plans for the next couple of years? Are you going to double headcount or treble or quadruple? It, yeah, we are looking to double headcount and I suppose the main thing here, Ronan, is um, from a protection, life insurance, policy transactional point of view, we have done very well in that space and we're going to continue to grow in that space. But we're looking to bring simplicity also to more complex products such as pension, wealth management services, personal financial planning and business owner financial planning. Wealth extraction, as you spoke here earlier on the show, is a, is a huge topic. People work very hard 
to put wealth into a company. We want to work very hard with those business owners to extract wealth out of the company so that they can do the best for themselves and their families. Well, I'm saying ears are definitely picking up, I'd say, when they hear that being said as well. Um, Shane Tobin, CEO of Low Quotes and TrueWealth.ie. Thanks for for coming over. And of course, uh, Philip Keane as well, a QFA and part of the senior management team there, lads. Thanks for coming out and for the analysis there, the budget as well. And, um, you know, thanks congratulations. So Fantastic business. Another great Midland success story. Time now for another quick break. After that, I'll be talking to John Clendenin, the president of the Vintners Federation of Ireland, to get a sectoral reaction there to today's budget. Budget 2024 on Midlands 183 with Milne O'Dwyer, your certified public accountants and chartered tax advisors in the Midlands, celebrating over 50 years advising clients on their financial and taxation needs. MilneO'Dwyer.ie Taking care of business with thanks to the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmead. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business. To round off uh, our uh, show tonight on reactions to today's budget, I'm going to be joined by John Clendenin. John, of course, is the President of the Vintners Federation of Ireland. He's also Managing Director at Giltrap's Pub Townhouse in Kinnity, Glamping site as well. And, of course, he's an elected member of Offaly County Council. A very good evening, John, as well as from the, the sector, particularly from the pub trade as well. What, how, did you, how was today's uh, budget greeted by your members? Yeah, good evening, Ronan, to you and, and your listeners. Uh, and I suppose, look, uh, through my role as, as uh, president of the, the, the Vintners Federation of Ireland, uh, I've been engaging with a good few members throughout the day. And I suppose there's probably overall a level of apprehension around the budget, if, if the truth be known. Um, you know, I think trading has been relatively good. Um, there has been a cautious level of, of optimism. Um, but in recent weeks and months, uh, we've seen um, uh, the vast from thirteen and a half to from nine percent to thirteen and a half percent, where it went back went back to the, the higher level. Uh, we looked for an excise reduction, uh, and we didn't get that. Uh, but I suppose also uh, we see the minimum wage increase by by one euro forty to twelve seventy. Um, and look, we're all realistic in, in our trade that you know minimum wage doesn't doesn't work anymore. If you want to attract people um, to, to work for you, uh, and if you want to have a, a good offering, uh, so really what this is. Uh, in terms of how our uh, members are interpreting it, um, is you know in relative terms, you know an increase on all wages across the board. Uh, and I suppose the question is, how affordable is that considering um, the challenge that has been put on margins in recent times? Um, so look, we, we would we would welcome um, the, the initiatives that have been introduced to, to support businesses, um, but I suppose we do need a lot more detail uh, at this stage. Uh, and I suppose as it materialises and progresses in 2024. Uh, where you do see uh, that um, initiative to be introduced in, in the first quarter, um, I think realistically we're going to have to have uh, several uh, times of engagement to tr- throughout the year just to see, you know, is it working for small businesses? And, and when I say that, and the final margins that are there, uh, you know, there, there is an aspect here that, you know, will, there's a question to be asked, will the capacity uh, and the confidence remain um, in, 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 in consumer terms uh, in terms of supporting uh, small businesses uh, and, and what, what economic effects we may have to deal with um, over the coming year. Your party colleague, Peter Burke, at, at his time as junior minister in the Department of Finance, about maybe eight months ago on this show, and, and speaking about the VAT rate and going back up to about 5%, he said that it probably wouldn't, it, or sorry, it would go back up and the cost or whatever to it, if it didn't, would be about 500 million a year. He was suggesting then that there was other ways government could help small businesses in terms of particularly targeted support. So things like the reduction in rates, this 250 million euro package, does that give you any sense of hope? 
Yeah, it, it certainly has given us hope and an element of, 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 of security as such that there is going to be a, um, a support there. We just need to get the finer detail at this stage as to how it's going to be uh, rolled out, how it's going to be uh, administered. You know, so we're just waiting on more detail. There has been engagement uh, with the department and the ministers over the uh, over the course of the afternoon. Uh, but, you know, look, there was other aspects that we would have looked for um, over uh, the course of discussions on, on the budget. Um, and, you know, not all of them came to fruition. I think it's just it's important now that, that the ch- channels of engagement remain open um, and that we continue to monitor, you know, how, how the trade is operating, uh, how the economy is up- operating, uh, and how you know consumer confidence is uh, and does it remain at the levels that it currently is. Uh, albeit monitoring as well what the margins are and the challenges that that, that businesses will have in terms of making not just you know the turnover, uh, but ensuring that the expenses meet and, and that they remain profitable. Is the survival of the rural pub, is it still very much under threat? Uh, there's absolutely concern out there and you know the figures that we, we, we've seen in recent times in relation to the number of pubs that's closed uh, you know, are, are alarming as, as a sense. Um, but I suppose you know, we don't want to dwell on that too much. Um, certainly there's, there's challenges uh, and you know, we're not uh, in no way disillusioned as to the, the requirements to run a successful business in this day and age, the level of innovation that's required, the level of quality that's required, the level of competition that we're you know, looking to you know, get people into our pubs and spend their hard-earned disposable income um, in our operations. And as I said many times in the past, you know, 20 years ago, for many people, the pub was 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 the social outlet. Where now, you know, whether it be subscriptions to TV um, uh, like Netflix and Paramount and our gym membership, or, or the holiday overseas. That's it. You know, yeah, these it's, are the questions it's, it's that, that right, yeah. to over. Absolutely. Well, hopefully, so, some of the today's measures will, you know, again, if if it does put money back in people's pocket, we, we might all see the benefits across all businesses. John, thank you so much for this evening. Time is short. I better go. John Clinton there is the president of the Vintners Federation of Ireland, of course, the managing director of Giltraps Pub Town House in Kennedy. That really brings me to close for this evening's budget special. Aidan Barry will be looking at further budget items with Donald Hackett of Milner Dwyer on Midlands today from 9 o'clock tomorrow. Joe Cooney's up next at 8 o'clock with the very best of Irish American country music. Talk to you soon. Taking care of business returns next Tuesday at 7pm with the local enterprise offices of Leash, Offaly and Westmeath. Find us on localenterprise.ie and let's talk business.